This is the Oanda Podcast. This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. How are you? Very well. It's been a very busy week as we approach the end of the calendar year. How have markets been trading after this uh, very busy week indeed? Yeah, they're back in the red. I mean, I would love this to be a really good news, upbeat podcast going into the end of the year, really talking about Santa rallies and the possibility of a really exciting 2023. But it feels like everything we're going to touch on in this podcast is going to have a a negative slant to it. And I mean, the central banks have really put that in motion. Every central bank that we've heard from this week, it seems, has had a dire message of some sorts. From the Fed's perspective, it was, we're going to see the terminal rate maybe half a percentage point higher. From the ECB's perspective, more 50 base point rate hikes to come. The Bank of England um, seems very pessimistic about the economic outlook for the UK, as is the rest of us. It's put the markets on the back foot quite a bit and especially the hawkish commentary and forecasts that we've seen has really put the markets on the back foot you've got to remember following the US inflation data on Tuesday there was a bit of a more optimistic signal in the markets uh, an idea that we could potentially see the Fed take that slightly more dovish tone even though the jobs report a couple of weeks ago showed wage growth was much stronger than markets were expecting and the Fed has taken a more cautious approach, played the Grinch, as it were, this Christmas, because they are more concerned about the fact that by softening its tone in any way, shape or form, they could actually undermine their own rate hikes and lead to looser financial conditions than they want to see at this point in time. So, yeah, markets are back in the red. Um, they now really have been trading on a more negative tone now, pretty much since that jobs report, broadly speaking, and... We've got two weeks left to the end of the year, bank holidays thrown in there as well. It kind of feels like today is maybe like the unofficial start of the festive period, a quieter period for the markets. And um, it's hard to see what's really going to get them feeling in a more positive, upbeat mood, to be honest. We've also had some PMI data coming in over the last 24 hours. What did that show? It really just confirmed what we're saying about the economies. The Euro PMIs were actually slightly better than expected. Uh, the flash services and manufacturing PMIs for France, Germany and the Euro area as a whole. But the one thing they all have in common is they were below 50. So that means that they're contractionary, which suggests that we are still in, in a situation where firms in both the manufacturing and services sectors believe the next six months are going to be downbeat. So it was... A disappointing set of PMI figures. The UK services PMI came back to 50, so you could see that as a more positive message. But at the same time, it's not really back into growth territory, so I'd see this more as a blip than anything else. I mean, we're looking at a, a quite a severe cost of living crisis here in the UK, which doesn't exactly scream consumer spending. And you can see that actually reflected in the other data that we've had today on the UK consumer. The GFK consumer confidence felt was at, is at minus 42, a slight improvement, but nothing significant, uh, nothing that would really hang your hat on. UK retail sales fell by 0.4% month on month. 
So again, another disappointing figure. Again, at this time of year, we were expecting, or the markets were expecting a 0.3% increase. So this was a far cry from those forecasts and suggests that going into the festive period, that people are really cutting down on discretionary spending as much as they possibly can. And that really sets a negative tone for next year because the cost of living crisis is not going to get easier in the short to medium term, especially when we're seeing a cold snap in winter, which means higher energy bills, which means less disposable income. Meanwhile, Craig, Eurozone inflation slowed less than initially reported in November, which I suppose supports the ECB's fairly hawkish plans to continue to fight price pressures. It does, and it really aligns, I guess, with what my view is of the next 12 months. We've talked about inflation over the course of this year, and the one common thing that we've had everywhere around the world really is that each and every month it seems that the final inflation number was coming in above market expectations and we were seeing it accelerate higher at an alarming rate. I think the path back to 2% is going to be far more bumpy. I think inflation in certain cases is going to be more stubborn uh, than markets are hoping for. Uh, and therefore, we will see setbacks along the way. And this kind of aligns with that 10.1%, only marginally above 10%. But the overwhelming message that sends to the European Central Bank is more action needs to be undertaken if we are going to see inflation return to target anytime soon. And especially at this point in time, It may well prove to be the case that inflation does fall eventually back closer to target at a faster pace because of base effects, because of a global recession, because of lower uh, energy prices, lower food prices, improving supply chains. But central banks just can't be assured of that because there's too many ifs, buts and maybes at this point. The one thing they do have control over is domestic demand because of interest rates, which is why they are taking this action at this point in time, because the risk of underdoing it is greater than the risk of overdoing it or at least so the theory goes the ecb is going to look at this inflation data and say we need to do more because if we do less over the next six months and this 10 percent becomes a 15 percent then we have a huge problem on our hands now over the next week or so we're going to have the build up to the festive break uh, craig and uh, apparently you're lucky enough to be away all of next week i don't know how you manage that so your colleague Ed Moyer will be at the helm. But uh, what should we look out for over the next few days? Yeah, as I alluded to earlier, I think the kind of festive period in the markets may have already begun. I mean, I think famous last words, I think in periods of lower liquidity or lower activity, you can sometimes see more volatility. And obviously, we do live in a world right now where there are constant surprises all the time. But you look at the economic calendar, and it's extremely thin on the ground. You, there's there's some data points which we can keep an eye out for throughout the week, but it's mostly tier two, tier three data. Central bank policymakers, any statements or comments or appearances that we get on that front may have uh, an impact on the markets. But I think for most people, we're probably in festive season mode. And that could mean that we just see a little bit less activity, a few less headlines and um, a little bit more of a, a downbeat end to the year as far as markets go. There's no guarantee of that, of course, as I said earlier, like you say, this this year has been uh, extremely lively, extremely active. And if anything, the mantra this year for the market's perspective is expect the unexpected. Uh, so who knows what the next two weeks will bring. But we are typically in that part of the year where now where things do quiet down uh, and the economic calendar uh, that everyone can see really does align with that. OK, Craig, have a very good uh, festive break and we'll see you on the other side of the new year. Thanks a lot, you too. This is the Oanda Podcast.